Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you to all of you <clears throat> for making us feel like home over these last um, days. I don't even know how long we've been here now because we were sick for like half of it. Um, but yeah, thank you. Um, so this morning, what we what we want to do is we want to share um, our story with you this morning, and and the way we want to do that is with scripture and um, and with songs as well. So we'll have some scripture, and then tell a little bit of the story, and then there will be a song that kind of goes with it. Um, every one of us has been given a story by God, and. For, for each of us who, who know the Lord, um, we have a testimony. And in Revelations, it says that we will overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And so there is power in your story this morning. So if, if you get nothing else out of what we do, then just that there is power in your story and that you should share your story too, um, it's, no small, it's no small thing that the God of the universe reached down and chose you and calls you his own. It's no small thing, and we should share that. And it was a privilege to, uh, to sit with the men yesterday morning and, and get to hear Jeff's story. And um, there's just such power in it. And a lot of times we keep it to ourselves and we think oh, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but the Lord has done great and marvelous things and so let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Our testimony, and this is from Psalm 32, verses 1 through 5. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Amen. So both of our, our stories with Jesus both starts very early on. Um, we both made decisions to follow Jesus at a very early age, about four or five years old. And um, we didn't know each other at the time. I was in uh, Mississippi. My dad was a pastor. And, uh, and, and so we both recognized our need for a Savior very early on. And so um, this, this passage of Scripture from Psalm 32 is, is written by... David and most theologians uh, say that it came after Psalm 51. And so Psalm 51 is where he's um, crying out and saying, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a, a right spirit within me. It was after his sin with Bathsheba and against Uriah. So adultery and murder. And so it, he wasn't just saying, Thank you, God, for forgiving sins in general. He was saying, Thank you, God, for forgiving my sin. Even the sin that I'm thinking about so presently. So I just wanted to remind you this morning that there is no sin too great that the Lord can, can't come in and take a hold of you. Blessed are the ones who 
Those whose sins are forgiven They're all covered up Whose sins the Lord does not count against them They don't have to run When I would hide Even my bones wasted away Guilt set my strength like the sun on a summer day You have forgiven me all of my sins And I will rejoice in you God of forgiveness Blessed are the ones whose sins are forgiven They're all covered up Whose sins the Lord does not count against them They don't have to run When I would hide Even my bones wasted away Guilt set my strength like the sun on a summer day. You have forgiven me all of my sins, and I will rejoice in you. God of forgiveness, and you have forgiven me. Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16 say, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they see, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Amen. So this we're going to do a little medley here, and this kind of represents, we gave our lives to Jesus as very little kids, and we both grew up in church, even though we we're states apart. Um, and we were sharing one time in, in Virginia, and they said, they called it junior church. I don't know if you've ever heard of junior church, but I've never heard of junior church. So we call it children's church. What do you call it here? What is it? Go fish. Go fish. <laughs> it means like I don't have the right cards. All right. <clears throat> Got it. Okay. Um, uh, so, anyway, so we, we both grew up in the church and uh, did all the, the songs. Actually, the first, the first song I ever sang in church uh, was a song called Do Lord, and we're going to sing it. Um, yeah, I was like five or something like that. Just, you know, terrible, just kids screaming at the top of their lungs, these words. But uh, hopefully I'll do it a little bit better. And maybe you guys can sing along. This is really, I know that Broadway loves to sing, and it's kind of legendary, like how much you guys love to sing. And so, like, really, here's your opportunity to not only sing, but to act like a child. So, I, and we encourage that. So, um, and feel free to clap if you were here uh, last Friday. If you hear the beat, you can clap. Um, if you don't hear the beat, maybe 
you just wait for everybody else, and then you, if it's loud enough, there's a critical mass, you know, okay, right. <laughs> do Lord, oh do Lord, oh do remember me. Do Lord, oh do Lord, oh do I feel like there's still room for, you know, improvement, you know. All right, so <laughs> always, you know, like that's the. All right, so let's try. We got an amen. <laughs> got an amen on the room for improvement. I like it. All right. <laughs> I won't hide it under a bushel. I'm gonna let it shine. I won't hide it. 
one again. I saw like two or three people with the hand motions, and I just want to go ahead on and affirm that, encourage that. It's cool. Yes, there it is. I see that finger. All right. <laughs> I won't hide it under a bushel. I'm gonna let it shine. All the times we've ever done this, that was the best. That was the best. You guys, yes. you guys are something. Yes. There, there, there really is. There really is something to be said. You know, like for a lot of times, church, it, like there is reverence, and I love that. And I love that. You know, one of the things that I, that, I, that I like about Pastor Ryan is that he's trying to bring in this lit- liturgy and and kind of some of the high church form and stuff like that. And I love that. Um, because it, it, it really brings back some of the, the reverence that I feel like is really just lacking with um, hipsters. And, uh, <laughs> sorry to call you out if you're in your skinny jeans this morning. Um, but, but there's also something to be said for people that don't take themselves too seriously. And the, the Lord himself said, let the little children come to me. And, um, and, and he said, unless you become like that, the kingdom of heaven is not yours. You got no part in it. So unless you become like a little child. So I'm thankful that we're in good company of like <laughs> childlike people. I am gonna te- I'm going to try to teach you this one little part. Um, hope you don't mind. But I, I, used to do, um, I used to play music for people in hospice. And I would always do this little light of mine in, in the hospice. And... Uh, it was really awesome. It was the most rewarding thing I've ever done musically, um, other than leading people into the throne room of Jesus, um, because you get to see the countenance of people lifted um, as, as they sang. And so I would sing this song every single time I would go to, the, to these facilities and to people's homes and play. And, uh, but there was one time... There was, a, there was a lady that worked at this nursing home. She said, now you play that song all the time. How come you don't ever do the shine, shine, shine? I said, because I don't know nothing about the shine, shine, shine. <laughs> and so she taught me the shine, shine, shine. I'll show it to you. It's pretty easy. Right, so you go. Shine, shine, shine. 
I'm gonna let it shine, 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 shine. I'm gonna let it shine, 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 shine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Shine, shine, shine. I'm gonna let it shine, 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 shine. I'm gonna let it shine, 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 shine. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Romans 1, 18 through 20 says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. So we grew up in church, gave our lives to the Lord at a very early age, grew up in church, children's church, go fish. And then, um, and then Emily and I met uh, leading worship, and, uh, and there was just a lot of response. I had, I had a fair amount of gifting, and one thing that I've learned over the, over the years is gifting and maturity are not the same thing. And so a lot of times we exalt people to positions of leadership and they, because we see their gifting is obvious. But what's not so obvious a lot of times is their character um, or their maturity. And went through Bible college stuff, was leading worship, and people who, were, who I still see as spiritual giants even to this day were kind of looking kind of up to me and asking me like theological questions and these sorts of things. And it was a lot of weight on me. And I started to have some questions about my faith. Um, specifically, I had questions about the deity of Jesus. Because I've seen people, and I was thinking, man, that is amazing that God is a person. That God, that Jesus is God. It might be so amazing, it might be unbelievable started having questions and doubts about my faith. And I was scared to bring it to people, but then I would, and then I wouldn't say that people were on purpose disinviting me from things because they thought that my doubt was contagious, but it, it felt that way. It felt kind of 
kind of the, the way that when people are finding out when you're a kid and you find out that Santa Claus, I won't say the rest if there's any little ones, um, but you know what I mean? That people were kind of going, mm, don't. And, uh, and so I was like, okay. So I just, I kind of called bull on it. And I was like, mm, I'm not going to play games, man. I don't really like church people to begin with. So I'm, I'm done. And uh, I got into the philosophy department at LSU and, uh, and started getting in sin that I really liked. And so it was convenient at the time. I, di- I didn't see that all, all these things were happening at the same time. But I, I can see it clearly now that, man, it sure was convenient that I had these sin things and I didn't want a righteous judge, so I just kind of explained them away. And, um, but the, the verse that we just read from Romans is that it's evident. If you look at creation, if you ask a kid, do you, think, you, do you believe in God? Most kids will say, are you kidding me? Like, of course. Of course there's God. D.A. Carson says it like this. It takes a certain level of intellect to become a certain level of a fool. You've got to be smart enough to be that kind of fool. And, and so I was playing. I had, I had doubts and questions in my mind, that, and I was blaming it completely on an intellectual problem. The pastor, Tim Keller, a redeemer in Manhattan, he says that no decision is made purely on an intellectual basis. There's a personal component. Somebody did something to me. There's a sociological component. I don't like the people that, that have that kind of belief. And then there's an intellectual thing. But it's all three. It's never just one of those things. And we can talk to people who are atheists, and they may say it's completely intellectual, but I don't buy it. I think there's more going on to, uh, there. And um, so I was content to be where I was. And uh, Emily and I got married, and we started having, having children. We had Ruth, who's our oldest, Jasmine, as Steve <laughs> said. That just started like a week ago. So, um, And... Uh, and then we had, four, uh, four days less than a year later, we had Pauline. And so we're take, Emily took Pauline in for uh, a little checkup and took Ruth in for a one-year well checkup. And I was, uh, my job at the time was cutting grass. And Emily calls me and says, the, the, the pediatrician says that Ruth's head is a little bit bigger than we're tracking like it's supposed to be. So we're just going to go and get a CAT scan. You don't even have to come. And I was like, what? And uh, so I was like, I'll, I'll be there. And I show up in the doctor's office right at the time that he's telling Emily that your one-year-old has a brain tumor. And um, <clears throat> so it was just like that. It was just like that. Um, it was like somebody ran really hard and punched me in the stomach. Um, and we don't remember what our biggest concern was up to that point. You know, it just completely, everything else went on the back burner. 
And um, we were there um, indefinitely at that point. So uh, I wrote this song. It's really kind of raw, and, uh, but I wrote it in that, in that season. And so I'm going to share it with you this morning. I'm so thankful that the Lord healed. And he used doctors and 
uh, all the latest techniques and all sorts of people were trying to take credit for it, but we know that it was the Lord, that salvation is of the Lord, and that uh, healing is His thing. And so we give, we give you all the credit, all the glory, Lord Jesus. We thank you for healing, Ruth. And I would, I would love to tell you guys that it was like a, uh, one of the, like a Christian movie kind of deal where just like, you know, we got the tumor, all right, you know, it's, and the tumor was benign, so we got it. And I just like ran down to the chapel and just like, bah, you know, and cried and, you know, just everything was perfect then. And, you know, I kicked a 70-yard field goal and dunked a basketball. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but that's not how things have happened to me. I don't know. Maybe that's your story. And if so, awesome. Um, uh, but I still, even though had this thing happened and the Lord had my attention uh, and he had our attention, all my questions weren't answered. And honestly, you know, all of our questions may never be answered. One of my favorite worship songs uh, he says, and, and though all my questions asked may never be resolved, whom have I but you? Um, and so I, I know God enough to know that he's cool with that. And I know him enough to put my full trust in him. And so it, it took uh, listening to some of the biggest brains ever uh, throughout history Thank, thank the Lord that we have the benefit of standing on the shoulders of people who've had these same questions that we've had for centuries. And some of the brightest minds throughout the history of the world, people have been believers, put their trust in Jesus. And so we don't have to just like, if we have a question, just isolate ourselves and go in a room and fast and pray. We have the community of saints, living and dead, who are a great cloud of witnesses for us to consult. I mean, through their writing. Don't go and like praying to people who are not alive. There are some things in the Old Testament that say that ain't a good idea. Anybody remember Samuel? All right, yeah. All right. I just had to clear that up. Sorry. Um, but it was really messy coming back into the church. I, I had started a whole life without Jesus and started playing music, um, using the gifts that I had as songwriting that I didn't really knew, know that I had because the church really wasn't a great avenue for me to express that songwriting stuff um, unless it was like for worship. And we do that too. Um, but I just didn't know that that kind of stuff was going on and was allowed within Christianity. And so whenever I ran from Jesus, I all of a sudden could use this thing of songwriting. And so I did it for myself. So when, it, when, when everything happened with Ruth and the Lord got my attention and started answering these questions, one by one the Lord was faithful to answer questions. I was like, what do I do with music? What do I do with these songs that I have? Like some of them, yeah, maybe I shouldn't play those. But there's a lot of them that are like, they're just like life stuff. What do I do with that? And uh, this felt like the Lord wanted me to uh, continue doing those things.
continue stewarding those gifts well. Um, do you have a scripture? First Corinthians ten thirty one says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So how does a graphic designer do everything they do to the glory of God? How does a electrical engineer do everything they do to the glory of God? Or a mechanic or a plumber? Does it mean we have to carve like, you know, does the graphic designer only work in pixels that are cross-shaped? Do the painters just paint beautiful scenes of the cross and of, of the Bible? Um, do plumbers, do they get an ictus strategically placed on their back? Do we, do we do what we do? Like it says in Ecclesiastes, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Do we do what we do really, really well? We work as unto the Lord, right? And as we have an opportunity to share, the Lord will provide those opportunities. If you're working at Home Depot, pushing buggies, the Lord will provide opportunities for you to share your faith and not neglect your responsibilities. If you're a painter, he'll do the same. If you're a mechanic or a plumber, he'll do the same. If you do a really good job, you work as unto the Lord, he's going to provide opportunities. I am thankful for Love Auto this week. <laughs> yeah, I am thankful that there are mechanics who are brothers and sisters in Christ that I know aren't just like trying to, uh, you know, rip out stuff while I'm not looking and charge me for it. You know what I mean? So I'm thankful that we can be the body of, of, of Christ and that Jesus has given us all different gifts. Some of those gifts are platform gifts and some of those gifts are not. And that doesn't decrease the value of your work one iota. It can be done as unto the Lord. And the Lord wants to be your Lord at all times. When you're here when you're at school, when you're at work, when you're with a certain group of buddies. The Lord came so that we would be whole, that we would be integrated, that we would be healed. That's part of our healing, is that we would stop being so fragmented and compartmentalized. And the Lord wants to say, nope, you're just one person that I love so intensely. And I want you to be that person everywhere you go. So, back to how do I use this songwriting thing? I thought, well, if I start, because my songwriting started to change. My songwriting started to show evidence that something had happened to me, that I had met Jesus, and that I had a relationship with Jesus, that I had been with Jesus that morning. And so if I write a song, then it was, Jesus was there. Even if it was a song about whatever, Jesus is always kind of in the building. He's kind of always hanging out in the furniture of the songs that I write, even if he's not there in name. 
And so songwriting starts to change. I'm thinking, I can't play this in the bar. Like, somebody is going to throw something at me. <clears throat> like, not tomatoes. They don't do that anymore. So it would be, like, harder than that. <laughs> and I remember being at this house concert, and there was, it, was, it was packed. And the, and the songwriting community in, in Baton Rouge, I really took a lot of time to try to invest in it. Because um, one thing that's pretty common among uh, artists is... Uh, sensitivity and uh, and that can turn into cattiness really quickly um, because we want to be affirmed and uh, and so we can be very territorial and so I didn't like that and so I wanted to encourage every everyone in the in the community and, and really change the dynamic of the, the relationship between um, singer songwriters and the music community in, in Baton Rouge and so we would, we would have these shows, and all of my singer-songwriter friends would show up, even the ones that were really lost. Like, you know, I don't know if that's a thing. You could be really lost, like everyone's really lost, but you know what I mean. My, my papa would say, lost as a goose. So I'll say that. So I had, I had this one buddy. He was lost as a goose. He had his cowboy hat on in the back. I won't. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um... And uh, I had kind of ran out of songs in my, in my set. And I was like, you guys know my stuff. Is there anything that you want to hear before I, before I stop? And my buddy in the back, he says, play Traveler, man. Play that new song. And I had played it for him um, because I love him and he loves me and we have this mutual respect. And he knows that uh, he allows me to preach to him like all the time. And we still keep hanging out, which is awesome. Um, and I pray for him often. And he said, he said, play that, play that new song. And I was like, all right, buddy, you asked for it. So uh, I played it for them, and they, they dug it. Uh, and I was surprised. And people would even ask for, for me to play that song in spaces that uh, I, did, I, did, I didn't think would be welcome. So anyways, this is a song called Traveler. Wandering 
Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And in John chapter 20, it's talking about his disciples and after Jesus was crucified. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side, stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. I feel like that's a word for someone here this morning, stop doubting and believe. I've never done this before. But just as, just as it was read over us, I feel like that's a word specifically for someone who's here this morning. Stop doubting and believe. The Lord has proved himself time and time and time again. So if that's you this morning, I just want to encourage you. The Lord is good. And he'll be gentle with all of your things, with all your hang-ups. So as I mentioned before, one of the things that led me astray and then by, by leading me astray, led my whole family astray, was this, was this doubt about the deity of Jesus. But as I read scripture, it's very clear. Even though the philosophy department will tell you that the law of non-contradiction, two mutually exclusive statements can't both be true simultaneously, that we serve a God who is outside of creation. And there's unity and diversity in the complexity of the Trinity. Our God is good. There's love before the world began because he existed three and one. And it's cool too. I don't like bullies. I don't like it. I just learned some stuff about myself. I think I might be an eight on the Enneagram if that means anything to anybody. I don't like bullies. And Satan is, a, is the biggest punk of a bully. He'll kick you when you're down, and he loves every second of it. And he loves exploiting weaknesses. If you've been hurt, you've been wounded, he'll hit that thing over and over and over and over again. 
He's merciless. But thanks be to God that I serve a merciful God who is greater. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I'm so thankful for that this morning. That our God is so much greater. A simple word will fell him. And that word is Christ. And he smashed that serpent's head. And we have the victory in Jesus. I'm so thankful for that this morning. Are you thankful for that this morning? That we have the victory in Jesus? And I think one of the cool things about our God is that he really puts it in the eye of Satan. And one of the ways that he does that is he takes those ways that you've been crippled by the enemy and by your circumstances and even by your own desires, like James says, even by your own desires. And he takes that weak point and a lot of times the Lord redeems it and he makes that your ministry. Come on. He takes that thing that's been broken and he restores it not just to be okay again, but he wants that thing to be an anchor in your life. And he wants to get all the glory out of it. That you couldn't do anything about that. It was all him. Thanks be to God. The Lord loves that. When he takes a a, a little guy and slays a giant, he loves that. And that's what he wants to do in in you, in your life. In those, in those parts of your weakness, it's like my son, had a, he broke his leg when he was three years old. And one thing I've learned about a broken bone is that he'll probably never break that bone in the same place again. Because in that place of brokenness, it grow, your bone grows back stronger. So he may break his leg again, but it probably won't be there. When God mends, he makes us stronger. And so took this thing that the enemy was really trying to poke at me and now it's part of the ministry of what we do is um, restoring people um, to Jesus and reminding us about the, the unity and diversity and the complexity of our God um, and so this is Emily read Thomas fell down and worshipped Jesus and he said my Lord and my God and Jesus didn't say no 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 I'm just no it's only for God He accepted and received his worship. And we know from reading through John all the I am statements that Jesus made. And the Pharisees, they knew what Jesus was saying. When he said, you will see the Son of Man riding on the clouds. What? They ripped their clothes, you know. Jesus is Lord and he's God. And we can worship him that way this morning. So as we play this song, it's called You Are the Christ. And we just completely plagiarized it out of the Bible. It's okay. The Lord said it was cool. It's not cool for the teachers. It's not cool if you do that on your paper um, with other people. But we're going to sing this song. And uh, I just want to invite you this morning that if if the Lord has kind of messed with you, um, that you come and just, just speak with him. Just talk with the Lord. And uh, if you want somebody to pray over you, Um, go to this side, right? If you want somebody to pray with you, come to this side of the altar and just receive that. Man, I love to see the body being the body and giving and receiving prayer. No matter how poor we are, we can always take people to Jesus, right?
And then if you want to be just you and the Lord, you can come over on this side. Um, So come as we sing.
Hallelujah. 